Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an In Theaters Now episode of Movie Mastery. I am John, over there is Jeff, and we are here to talk about the movies that you send us to go see, and this month, it was Black Panther. Thank, thank you, Jesus God Almighty. You uh, you started out thinking you were going to send us to go see Fifty Shades, and then I begged and pleaded with you like the pathetic heap of a man I am, and you decided to send us to see Black Panther instead. So we went and saw Fifty Shades Freed, <laughs> and uh, here we are to discuss it, right, John? No. Good so, God, no. So Fifty Shades Freed is the story of two unlikable, uh, I guess conventionally attractive rich people who have vanilla sex after pretending that they're going to use some BDSM things for three minutes at a time. Uh, the bad guy in this one is somehow tangentially connected to the dark past of the main uh, husband character, uh, but eventually he easily dispatches her because she's between him and yet another rich people set piece in which to have boring vanilla sex. Uh, John, any thoughts? Uh, this is a bad bit. You're you're bad for doing it. Oh well, I thought you were going to help me out on this one. I am not helping you, sir. We we didn't see it. Although I guarantee you, none of that was wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I am one hundred percent sure that that is correct. That's why it's it's not a great bit because you can't make fun of Fifty Shades anymore. You're like, hey, it's just that's what it is, <laughs> guys. We already did an entire episode making fun of Fifty Shades, and this is going to be more of the same. Uh, there might be huge differences. What if it's got a crazy guest star you weren't expecting? What if Kevin Hart's in the movie? <laughs> yeah, Kevin Hart just shows up and he's like, whoa, I gotta get out of the way from these white people. Oh, jeez, I am richer than all of you, but goddamn, I live in a regular house. <laughs> you guys are real weird and disgusting, and I gotta go. All right, so, uh, so no, we didn't see that. We saw Black Panther, fine. Yeah, and uh, coming into it, of course... I, you know, I knew of Black Panther before this, you know, comic books, stuff like that. Never huge into the character, but he never really made it into a lot of the stupid shit that I like, which is like, you know, exiles and weird Marvel space stuff. So not exactly one of the characters that tends to show up like fighting Thanos. I mean, the only thing I really knew about him before this was the famous story about how when he was originally introduced in the 70s, uh, he was created by, by Stanley and Jack Kirby. There was a complaint that there weren't enough white people in the comic so the next arc they did had him beating up the kkk yeah uh, so that was, I knew that about him. I always thought that was amusing. Uh, I'm a little sad that this character exists in the Marvel universe, if in the in the Marvel movie universe now, if only because that means he will never meet the Marvel Luke Cage. <laughs> uh, that's just sort of a bummer. Because I, I, people keep saying they're going to bring those Netflix characters up to the big leagues. They are not going to. It, it's silly to pretend they will. I wish they would. I mean, it would be well, great. I to wish <laughs> they would for some of them. Yeah, let's bring, Iron, let's bring uh, that Iron Fist on up to the, Ooh, the big leagues, huh? Ooh, baby, oh, no. What a weird character he's very unimpressive oh, please do not give that guy a movie it took him 11 or 12 episodes to beat up david wenham not with any powers or anything just david wenham there he is <laughs> take that faramir he, he said <laughs> he said to him <laughs> i only played faramir in a different and far superior property oh no <laughs> i regret everything and as i die i take with me the only part of this show that was worth watching <laughs> That's not true. That that girl with the sword is rad. <laughs> anyway, and he he fell a long way. Oh, yeah, he was on the top of one of those uh, super rich people buildings. Uh, <laughs> well, he and he slew, slowed down on the way. Yeah, he, he kept. He was on a bungee cord. He just kept coming uh, back. By the way, another thing that makes you terrible. <laughs> I had another point to bring up. Well, How come there are only two weeks dedicated to choreography? Uh, <laughs> I blame the showrunner who also made the last season of Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> David Buck should not be getting work. 
Yeah. So uh, Black Panther was real good. You know, no spoilers yet, but man, that's a that's a good movie. We are. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give you the the warning now. We are obviously because it is our brand going to nitpick stupid things and make fun of stuff. But do not misunderstand us. This movie is great. Oh yeah, it's a solid B minus of a film. I'm gonna give it a. <laughs> Just, just, uh, it's a, it's a solid passing grade. Yeah, absolutely. This would let this thing successfully take a driving test. I, I I'm giving it a 68%. And that's, that's a damn solid 68%. I'm just uh, trying to pick fights with random people, John. I'm just trying to make the internet hate me even more. Hey, everyone at me, please, please at me about please, that. Please, everyone, let the internet know that Jeff hates Black Panther. Attention readers of Kotaku and GameSpot. I am giving this a seven out of 10. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you can't do this. This is about ethics and games journalism. You're right. I'm sorry. Nine point four out of ten. Thank you. Uh, and I will see you at, at uh, you know. I will see E3. you in court, sir. See, see you at E3. <laughs> All right. No, it's an awesome movie. It was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely great. Uh, high recommend to go see in mm-hmm. theaters. Yeah. Which means there's really not much for us to do here but dissect spoilers. So, uh, spoiler alert, uh, after this uh, after this musical break, this is like all spoilers from that point forward. So, if you haven't seen this yet, do not listen to the rest of this. And I, I definitely recommend going to see it because it's real fucking good. If you're listening to this before you've seen the movie, man, <laughs> go see the goddamn movie. Yeah, don't listen to this. Get out of here. Go listen to one of our episodes that makes money. God. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back after the music with a full review of The Black Panther. Tell me what you're gonna do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. And we're back. It's time to get into it. It's time to dig deep into that Black Panther. It is... Good. Fucking good. It is time for you, the listener, to finally, finally find out what two fat white nerds think about Black Panther. (laughs) Our voices are important in this matter. (laughs) It's good. You really need to know what we think. (laughs) First of all, it's really good despite having so many black people (laughs) in it. First of all, what's with all these black people? (laughs) Thank goodness they put in Martin Freeman as Everett K. Ross. (laughs) That's the only thing I could identify with. (laughs) Every time he wasn't on screen, I was like, where's Frodo? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what's happening? Oh, wait, I mean, Bill. Bilbo, he's Bilbo, he's where's, Frodo. Where's, where's Bilbo and, and Gollum? Yeah, yeah. where are the two white people in the movie, Bilbo and Gollum? Yeah. I, okay, so uh, that aside, this is actually a phenomenal mo- entry in the Marvel uh, Universe, which is especially nice because it doesn't, other than having Claw and Everett Ross in it, it doesn't really connect to the Marvel Universe, which is awesome. Oh, no. I mean, we get a very brief connection to the fact that this takes place Almost immediately after Civil War. Yeah. Uh, because when uh, T'Challa is going back to Wakanda, it is for uh, the funeral of his father. So yeah. it is very close after the events there. Yeah. So this is almost immediately after Quill to a movie that happened a while ago. Uh, other than that, there's very few occasional toss-off references to things occurring in the Marvel Universe. Notably, uh, the coolest character in the movie makes a quick reference to Bucky at one point. <laughs> when she gets to say, oh good, another broken white boy for me to fix. Which is just awesome. Uh, So, yeah, it starts with uh, the Black Panther on board his really cool-looking African mask-shaped hovercraft super ship. (laughs) Uh, And he's hanging out with the head of the Dora Milaje, who are the super cool all-female army that defends uh, the Black Panther or the King of Wakanda, depending on whether or not those are the same person at the time. Yeah. Uh, And they are preparing to do an assault on a convoy of trucks. 
And they're, they have some ultra-rad-looking, like, sand-morphing technology that they're using to kind of plan their assault. Yeah, the the sand-morph technology is a thing that shows up a lot in this movie, and I fucking love it. It's, it's great. It's not all that different. I mean, going all the way back to literally the year 2000, the first X-Men the movie. The year 2000. <laughs> That's when I'll make it up to you. Uh, we're gonna... What stupid silver chair references. <laughs> I... <laughs> Silver chair! Here I am, trying to reference late and early Conan O'Brien shit. And here I am referencing pop bands you forgot about. Oh, no one forgot about Silver Chair. They've held them deep in their heart. (laughs) So, uh, it's kind of like the... Because they use that kind of pushed-up wire technology to do the exact same style of effect in X-Men in 2000. Oh, yeah. And I loved it then, too, honestly. So, it's just a, a way more advanced version of that that's done using vibranium sand, which is just rad looking the one nice thing about it though is it becomes physical like there's the uh that sand layout when they're looking at the convoy and then t'challa just picks up one of the cars off of it and looks at it and then puts it back he doesn't just do that he sweeps the top top off it so we can see what's in there oh yeah little sand people yeah yeah just walking in single fire to file hide their numbers <laughs> i was about to say oh that was weird that inside this truck was a bunch of fucking tuscan raiders <laughs> well it was a star wars reference sure he's a huge nerd <laughs> <laughs> so anyway he's getting ready to launch an assault on a convoy of trucks and uh okoye his uh the leader of his dora milaje is basically saying hey you're gonna find her down there so don't freeze when you do yeah and, and he's like i will not I, i'm not gonna do his accent what the fuck is wrong with me why would you even try i wouldn't know he, he's just like i won't freeze don't worry about it and then he jumps out of the fucking plane which is just rad oh yeah everything Every- everything he does is rad everything is rad uh yeah. if anything there's one of the i guess i could say this one early if there were, if i could have any nitpicks about this movie it's got a wicked case of everyone but the lead character is the coolest character <laughs> it's one of those problems where like you know when you're playing your super mario brothers 2 no one ever picks mario uh, no, one, no one's ever like oh boy the guy who can jump pretty good dig the guy who's pretty good at everything dig pretty good yeah, you pick Luigi because he can jump forever, or the princess because she can friggin' fly, or you pick Toad because Toad is the fucking man. Toad is, is the, the fucking, fucking man. man because he fucking rocks. No, I'm sorry. That's that's a song I used to sing every single time I played Super Mario Two when I was seven. <laughs> uh, it has lyrics and everything. I don't. I, I it's stuck with me for twenty odd years now. Way too long. <laughs> so um. Okay, he, uh, where was I? Uh, He jumps out of the plane, throws cool things that disable the truck's engines, hide in the trees, the colors are phenomenal, the the tension is amazing, this is really good. Oh yeah, uh, you know, the, the thing about Black Panther, as soon as he starts fighting people though, is, man, he really needs a supervillain, because the second he's like, I'm gonna fight these guys, I'm like, I will shoot you with this gun, it does not matter, I am the Black Panther, go fuck yourself. It doesn't even knock him back a little bit or anything, he's just, he's, he's that kind of bulletproof that you usually reserve for Superman. Well, yeah, because that's the nice thing about vibranium is like, oh, not only is it a ridiculously hard metal, it absorbs vibrations, so getting shot does not matter. Yeah, so you're right. He really does need a supervillain right away because otherwise he's just bulletproof in Vinso, and it's just not that interesting to watch him beat up thugs. Yeah, because the second he's like, I'm going to stop skulking around and like beating you in stealth, and he's like, I'm just going to walk up to you and punch you in the face. You're like, oh, yeah, that's right. He can just clown on fools. Yeah, it's it's just remarkable. But of course, he has the same weakness as Superman, which is hostages. So some dude pulls a hostage and uh 
let's see. At that point, uh, it's Okoye he, it's, who he, saves Okoye them. Okoye shows up and, and, and uh, takes out that dude. But uh, his his ex girlfriend Nakia has also shown up. Yeah, and that's why he didn't get that last thug is because he froze. Yeah, he froze. He uh, a thug got a hostage, and he was just like, "Ooh, Nakia, I'm super into this." And who wouldn't be? I mean, <laughs> goddamn, it's Lupita Nyong'o. I mean, get out of here. She won every genetic lottery. Nah, man, I'm way more into Okoye in this movie. Are you? That's, I don't know. I don't know why it is, but she can fucking get it. <laughs> I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm pretty with sure you. this entire movie can get it. <laughs> There's literally no one in this movie can't get it. <laughs> I mean, even even gross old Andy Circus with one arm is still surviving on residual can get itness, <laughs> radiating off the rest of this movie. This might be the first movie since Fast Times at Ridgemont High where uh, Forrest Whitaker can get it. <laughs> I mean, everyone, everyone in this movie looks phenomenal. Oh, it's great. Every uh, top to bottom, everyone's uh, great. The outfits are all amazing. Uh, anyway, the the rescue is a success thanks yeah. to you know Okoya jumping out of a fucking plane without a Black Panther suit on. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what you did. I don't know if you landed that somewhere or what you did, but man, good for you. Oh, she's so rad. So uh, anyway, then the three of them go back. They have to fly to Wakanda because they're in like Nairobi or something when this happens. Yeah, you did skip over the actual beginning though, which is the main thing because it's why there is a plot in this movie. Oh, sure. You want to go through that? Fire away, my friend. Yeah, it's, Take it's it. 1992 in Oakland. Yeah. Which which yeah. is where this opens up, and you're like, huh, that's an interesting choice for Black Panther. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's 1992 in, o- in Oakland. Salt and Peppa and Heavy D are in a limousine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are in a limousine together, yeah. shooting craps. It's completely unexpected beginning to this. And then the camera pulls back and never visits them again. Yeah, and then why go- it did it. <laughs> then we go to a rap attack with Mr. Magic Molly Mall. <laughs> so we, uh, we get some kids playing basketball outside of the school, and then a couple of guys who are up to no good. <laughs> to start making trouble in their neighborhood. I mean, I don't know if those guys are actually up to no good, but what happens is it looks like UFOs fly through the clouds. Yeah, and we cut to, there are a couple guys in an apartment somewhere who are talking about, they've got guns, they're going to be doing some, uh, like, I don't know if it was specifically like a bank robbery or something like that. They were was, planning a job. There was a job. And they were using the parlance of Oakland at the time. For example, when a knock came at the door, an instruction came from one to the other to hide the straps. Indeed. So they were uh, they, they were not immediately, apparently, Wakandan. There's a couple Grace Jones looking ladies out here. Which is a killer line. <laughs> yeah. It's a couple of Grace Jones-looking chicks outside the door. And well, the other guy's just like, whoa, let them in. They're not going to knock twice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, he should have just been like, sweet, if even if even one of them is Grace Jones, it's a good idea to open that door. <laughs> if there's there is even a 1% possibility that that is true, we have to take that as a We have to talk certainty. to her about Conan movies. <laughs> Get her in here now. Let me ask you about anything. <laughs> Grace Jones, I have a million questions. You are an amazing giant monster of a woman, and I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in come the, some Dora Milaje. Some Dora Milaje and T'Chaka, back when he was the Black Panther. Yeah, he was Black Panther back in 92, and he looks rad as hell as the Black Panther. His outfit's a little more old-fashioned than the Black Panther of this film. Yeah, it's uh, he's got... Like a, more of a, a gold, a drape on him as well, which is a nice little throwback to back when the Black Panther had a full-on cape going on. That is true, and for a long time in the history of the Marvel comics, the Black Panther has had way too much cape. He he had <laughs> he a, like straight Dracula cape yeah, going on. You know, he's like this. I'm an unbelievably acrobatic super ninja, but I need a bigger cape than Doctor Strange. Let's get it done. Oh yeah, I if my <laughs> collar does not go above my Panther ears, yeah. I will be very sad. I need some of those like mid '90s Batman cape 
deep hook things that they, that pop up around the collar. Yeah, I and, mean he is he is one demon deal away from having spawn cape. <laughs> Your Highness, Wakanda is about to go completely bankrupt after spending so much money on cape starch. <laughs> We've spent so much on capes. Please help me budget this. <laughs> Spend less money on capes. One thousand no. dollars for heart shaped herb. <laughs> $3,000 on cool gold necklace to- teeth. $1 billion on cape starch. <laughs> Spend less money on cape starch. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it's real good. So he shows up. Turns out that one of the guys here is actually a his brother, a prince of Wakanda, mm-hmm. but he was sent out to be a spy. Yeah, he's spying on uh, 90s Oakland. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing exactly there, but... Well, basically having information on the world. I, I guess. I, like, I don't really know what was... I mean, maybe he's spying on the Raiders? I, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's there to stop the Raider Nation. <laughs> That's what it is. We need Wakanda gu- is always worried about war with the Raider Nation. <laughs> we need guns to destabilize the nation of the Raiders. <laughs> And the people back in Wakanda are like, damn, a, na- a whole nation of raiders? That sounds scary. Damn. And, and then, you know, the people in Oakland are like, you have no idea. You, you don't you, even you, know. You, <laughs> get your shit together. <laughs> because when the Raider Nation comes a-calling, they're going to ruin your city and not spend a dollar on tourism stuff. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, t- take that, people who like the Raiders. <laughs> not even people who like the Raiders like the Raiders now that they're moving to Vegas. That's true. It used to be that they were just the scourge of California and everyone outside of Oakland hated them. Now, everyone hates them. Yeah. It's spreading like a disease. I wish I had the energy in me to hate the Raiders still. I don't because the Chargers left. Now I hate the Chargers. Now I don't hate anything. I'm too busy hating the Chargers, and that's been San Diego football politics. San Diego football politics. You won't get a shirt and you'll cry. Uh, Okay, so... uh, So, yeah. uh, And it turns out that uh, in addition to this, he has uh, stolen some vibranium. Yes, and he's kind of got a plan. His plan has been to arm, uh, it, like, uh, repressed people. Yeah. Uh, he just says it is repressed people, but the basic idea is that he's trying to uh, push civil right, a civil rights agenda through some some uh, terrorism methods. Yeah. And uh, this is not sitting well with T'Chaka, who's like, nah, dude, you can't do that. You're gonna, Also, you stole vibranium, so you're going to come back to Wakanda and report your crimes. And the big thing is, when he did it, he used it with the help of Claw. So that was also uh, the deaths that Claw caused that we sort of heard about a little bit before in... uh, Age of Ultron? The Civil War. Oh, and Civil War, yes. uh, Are because of him Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, And his his buddy that is there, it also turns out, is a spy that is spying on the spy, and that is... It's Wakandans all the way down. You can't fool me. Yeah, and that, that is a past version of Forrest Whitaker, which... Ooh, baby, 25 years later, he is going to get real messed up. It's amazing how 25 years was so unkind to Uncle James. <laughs> yeah, man. Because he looks like a normal dude, and then 25 years later, he looks like old Forrest Whitaker. You're like, huh. Who I'm sure just looks perfectly normal, but I've never seen a movie where they don't just completely plaster him in CGI and makeup. They're like, we it, need to do some weird stuff with you, Forrest Whitaker. And he's like, all right. Whatever you need to do. You want to turn me into a distaff Darth I guess it would be a female Darth Vader. You want me to turn me, turn me into a weird Darth Vader almost? Okay, Rogue One, you got it. Ooh, a Cyclo? Yeah, I can do that. Let's go. Come on, Battlefield Earth. 
Let's do it. I got I got things to do. Fuck up Forrest Whitaker. This movie, he looks awesome. Oh, yeah. Because he's in really cool purple robes, and he has great like face paint and stuff. He looks amazing as, as, old, as, as Zuri. But, uh, you know, he doesn't look all that much like Uncle James. No. So, uh, anyway, uh, the dude, the, uh, the brother of, of T'Chaka gets super mad about the spy thing and goes to kill Uncle James. Yeah. And then that forces T'Chaka's hand, quite literally, into his chest. Yes. And so he kills him. And then the two ships fly away and the kids down on the basketball court look on because they are totally seeing ufos yeah it's amazing how early like uh wakanda had its its quinjet game together oh yeah because 92 they were already flying around in super cool secret stealth hover ships yep they're they're just they've, they're on shit this is amazing yeah no I, I mean 25 years ago they definitely had inviso ships i think one of my favorite things about that whole scene is that we everyone's been all hyped because captain marvel is going to be set in the 90s it's going to be set sometime around 94, 95. Yeah. And then here along comes this movie. It's like, no, you don't get to be the first cool Avenger. T'Challa was, or T'Chaka was already running around in Oakland before you got your suit. Huh. Screw you. I'm claiming everything. I am Ryan Coogler. <laughs> this is mine, and this is mine. <laughs> I'll take that, too. I'll take everything. Oh, active in America in the 90s? Yeah, we were doing that, too. Don't worry about it. We got this. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, yeah, they... Uh... They rescue uh, Nakia and... Well, they don't really rescue her because she wasn't really in danger. No. They just she was, get her. She was a plant. Yeah. They just get her. And then uh, they they go back to the funeral and upcoming coronation of the new king of Wakanda. Indeed. And we get to meet the uh, the, the, the queen mother, uh, who's Angela Bassett and who looks phenomenal. Yep. Uh, Angela- and we get to meet... The best character in here. Letitia writes, Shuri, far and away the best Disney princess of all time immediately. Oh, yeah. She is the greatest. And I want to I wanna take a moment to talk about one of the things I absolutely love about this movie that you don't get a lot in superhero movies, which is that there are actually family and friends in it. Oh, yeah. No, not just... I mean, like, you look at your, your Batmans, your Spider-Mans, your Captain's America, and they're like, oh, what are you? I am a lone hero. Uh, maybe I'll have like a teammate or a friend or something but i have no family i don't really have a place that i can go to i i am a tortured hero like even spider-man's like i've got aunt may but mostly my life is trying to keep aunt may in the dark and my parents are dead yes normally if they introduce uh additional brothers or sisters it's so that they can become dark mirror villains oh yeah family almost invariably for most superheroes ends up being either a liability or a villain yeah but in this movie it's a support network and it's amazing oh yeah and they're all they all have different roles to fill and just the whole fact that like T'Challa can come off of Civil War being the most competent badass in there and just be like, oh my god, fucking Iron Man, Captain America, get your shit together, Jesus Christ. And then show up in this movie and get clowned on socially by his little sister. I'm like, this is amazing. I love everything about this. (laughs) My favorite thing about Shuri, uh, or at least about Letitia Wright, the actor who plays Shuri, is that she's actually from French Guiana. Uh, So she's of a stock. Oh, I'm sorry. She's from British Guiana. Uh, So she's of a stock of... of, uh, African people who, in an African diaspora, ended up in uh, in South America, and and you know mostly through through escape, escaping slavery and so on. But it's what it's one of the things I love so much about this Wakanda is that it pulls influences from so many different places. Oh yeah, uh, and, and it shows up in, in her just in her look it, all the way across the board. Is like this is a person who is you know African but not African. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really really cool, and it keep, it keeps going like that. But she's just one of my favorite parts of it by far. Oh, plus yeah. she's super modern while everyone else is mostly wearing kind of. <laughs> 
Afrofuturism style uh, robes and clothing. She's like, no, nah, I'm wearing a neoprene vest. Oh yeah, Screw she's it. like, yo, I'm in, I'm in a t-shirt because I don't care. Yeah, and you know, just <laughs> straight flipping people off. Yeah, no, she's she's just. I could gush about how awesome Shuri is forever, but the internet's been already doing that for me. So, oh yeah, it's just she's great. She's just great. So uh, we've got to get to the coronation of our new king, where they have the contest where if anybody wants to any of the leaders of the various tribes that make up the nation of wakanda wants to say yeah we're gonna try and get the throne from you they can do that yeah and and it looks like this is an awesome scene they like drain a waterfall so they can all go out and stand on the cliff next to the waterfall yeah it looks kind of dangerous oh definitely but uh but otherwise i mean it's just gorgeous uh it looks like the there's five tribes that make up wakanda and they all tell they tell us all about this in a cool cartoon at the beginning of the movie yeah uh but each one of them appears to be like one kind of old person who's the tribal leader and then their combat champion because in this scene they're like ah oh, the the whatever tribe the ones who do the farming do you wish to challenge and it cuts to like an older woman and her rad dude holding like cool double dagger things and they're like no we're good yeah we're okay no we're fine what about you green tribe with uh the dude who's got the super crazy lip plate do you guys wish to challenge and he's got like a random champion with him no we're good nah yeah yeah everyone's like no nah, we're good you can go ahead and be king except here come the jabari so the Jabari tribe, this is the coolest thing about this movie. But, I mean, I'm going to say that a million times. Uh, the Jabari tribe is actually a regular thing in the Black Panther comics, and they are led by one of the biggest villains of Black Panther, like uh, ongoing villains. It's oh, pretty yeah. much Killmonger, Claw, and this guy. And he's in this movie, and he is, instead of being a terribly named, very racist character that's that's a, that's a villain that everyone thinks is the embarrassing part of Marvel's history, he's like the Han Solo of this movie, and he's so good. He is amazing like honestly i have a hard time saying whether or not him or shuri is my favorite character in this because i love both of them even coming down to the actors both of them are relatively new actors and they're both phenomenal in this so that, yes. that's leticia wright and winston duke are just so good so winston duke is playing mbaku the leader of the jabari tribe who you'd remember in marvel comics as the <laughs> the mighty man ape fucking man ape the fact that they were like yo it's uh it's time to have a Black Panther movie. Here comes Man Ape, and I was like, "Please don't, for the love of God, do not." And never once does the term Man Ape get said, which is good. No, they completely redefine. Oh, they redefine all the villains in this because Killmonger isn't is completely rebuilt from the ground up. Claw is not a man made of sound. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is a very much reworked world for him to be in, but yeah. still very good. But so the Jabari tribe arrived late to the coronation and. Mbaku challenges. Yeah, he's like, yo, I won't be king. Fuck you. Yeah. So he just beats the ever-loving hell out of Black Panther for a couple of minutes. But then Black Panther in uh, maybe one of the trite things in the movie is like, oh, screw you, I'm going to win because my family's cheering for me. Yay. Yeah, and so he kind of gets him in a cool lock and hangs him over the edge of the cliff and he's like, hey, don't make me kill you. Come on, man. Don't don't make me do this. Your tribe needs you. Yeah. So eventually he taps out and they leave. Yeah. And now we have... Oh, and before any of this fighting happened, he had to drink a magic fluid that took away his Black Panther powers. Yeah. Uh, and then he has to go have them again. And it turns out every time you get your black power or Black Panther powers put into you by drinking the art shape, the heart shaped herb juice, you have a vision quest 
Yeah, and so he gets to go into a rad purple sky starry savanna where his dad and a bunch of panthers are. Like the previous Black Panthers from before T'Chaka. Yeah. Uh, they're all hanging out in a tree, and then they have this incredibly good conversation, including bringing back the guy who played T'Chaka back in the uh, back in the first or in a Civil War. Yeah. And he has the greatest couple of lines. The, the uh, Any father who hasn't prepared their children for his death has already failed as a father. Yeah. So it's all very well done. Yeah. It's even like, I don't think you're going to be a very good king. You are too nice to be a king. Yeah, it It is difficult for a good man to be king. Yeah, it's, oh, it's awesome. Also awesome, by the way, we just passed over it. Uh, when M'Baku challenges, he mentions that uh, he's going to do the, have the fight for Hanuman or in glory of Hanuman. Yep. That's awesome. So first of all, most of the folks like the Black Panther family, they're worshiping Bast, the Egyptian cat god, who, you know, is... African. Yeah. North African, sure, but African. Hanuman is a Hindu monkey god. Yep. I love that. <laughs> They're like, yes, at some point, Indian traders came down. They were like, hey, we've got a god who is a monkey that fucking loves strength and wrestling and being loyal and good. And They're like, sold. Dude, religious syncretism is the best. He fits right into a slot we had. Here we go. Hanuman it is. <laughs> so they're just fully on board with Hanuman. That's the coolest thing. So uh, anyway, uh, Black Panther has this vision quest. Talks to his dad. Comes back out. Now he's Black Panther. Has a mission that he wants to do to go catch Claw. Yeah. Now fucking Wakabi is... Oh, we got to talk about Wakabi. Yeah. Wakabi, as soon as... T'Challa's like, I am now a king. Wakabe is one of the uh, like leaders of the tribe that is, uh, it seems basically like they're ranchers plus their army. They're kind of like the Maasai and the Zulu at the same time. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're ranchers, but instead of ranching just goats and, and oxen, they also ranch rhinos. Yes. Uh, and then they are also the, the primary like, military, or the war dogs, as they call themselves. Indeed. Uh, of, of Wakanda. And he's a little grumpy about it because raising a standing army is great and all, but when no one's ever found your country in 5,000 years and you never do anything with any other country, it's kind of a... Yeah, you, you're kind of like, why am I even here? You you make me get an entire army, we train all of these soldiers, we have the best technology in the world, we could do pretty much whatever we want. And yet and, we are strictly isolationist. Yeah, I am stuck hanging out here not doing anything with what I can do. We don't even get to guard the Pope like the cool Swiss dudes with the halberds. <laughs> I mean, come on, let me get something. Let me guard the Pope. God, it's our turn for Pope guarding. <laughs> Let me go steal the Pope and then guard the Pope. Look, those guys worship Hanuman. You worship Bast. We worship the Pope. We're, Weird, right? We're Catholic. It doesn't come up in the film, but but you know, very true. <laughs> Uh, so he's, he's like, he's got a couple complaints. One is I would like to do something. I would want to take, you know, my war dogs, go out in the world and do some good with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, the other is, uh, so claw claw's been running around for 30 years and no one likes it. He, uh, he straight murdered my parents when they stole that vibranium. So, uh, how about, how about, how about you, some justice? How about you go get me claw and black Panther's like, I will either bring you his body or him in custody. Yeah. And so he's mollified for now. Another fun thing about him is that he is Okoye's boyfriend in this movie. Yes. I don't we don't really know if they're married or just lovers or what it is. They get a lot of my love and stuff like that. But to be fair, we don't know if marriage is a thing in Wakanda. It doesn't come up. Nothing comes up. Yeah. So anyway, uh he he plans a plan to go find Claw. Yeah, he planned a plan in times gone by. But the reason he thinks he's got Claw on radar, by the way, great. I, I appreciate it. Thank the you. reason he thinks he's got Claw on, on is because he's been he's popped up on their radar when uh well, here we get our introduction to the villains in the movie when Eric 
Killmonger is at some art museum. And this is this might be one of the few bits of the film that's confusing for the sake of let's get get the plot moving. Nah, fuck it. I love it. So, I don't care. So Eric Killmonger, who looks amazing, uh, even in his civvies, yep. is at some art museum. And we get a, it's some fake British art museum. I assume because the real British art museum was like, nah. no, we won't let you kill a bunch of people in our in our museum. We, we, would, we would not like a scene of terrorism to take place in an actual museum. Or, or more importantly for, you know, Killmonger to be asking extremely pointed questions about who who uh, made all this art that you have in here. Yeah. Like, how hey, did you- <laughs> hey, all this stuff you have, uh, who did you take that from? Yeah. But uh, so he's hanging around in some art museum with a bunch of security guards near him. And then we get a lot of shots of a severe looking woman in high heels walking his way. Yeah. And I mean, just to begin with, that is, again, a very powerful shot of like yeah it's just some black guy minding his own business but boy are all of the security guards looking at him yeah but eventually the this woman gets to him and she's like the expert on african ceremonial objects in this museum and he's like hey they tell me you're the expert on all this and she's like yes i am and she's like great or he says great what's that what's that what's this thing where'd that thing come from and to me it's like what is this meeting that's the one question i have is what's what's happening is he here in an expert capacity did he buy his way in here what's happening because it seems like he's just some dude at the museum why is he well, I mean, giving like getting a private tour from the lady who's the big expert? It's it would appear as far as I can tell because they don't really give you a lot of background on the shit that's going on here. Like he set up the meeting with her to begin with. Oh, way in advance. Otherwise, there's no way she would be showing up here. He, he has a henchman in this scene who is also his girlfriend who is working in the museum at a coffee stand. Yeah, which means this has been planned for a while oh, because yeah. she had to have gotten the job there. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird because there's absolutely no reason that she needed that job because the place was full of other employees and and, and not employees, but like like attendees and stuff. And it was like she could have been anywhere. Yeah, but that was the only way that they were going to give her some poison. Yeah, that's true. That's right. She sold her the poison coffee. Exactly. Thank you for reminding me about that. I forgot. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. uh, But it's it's super minor. I'm just like, what the heck is this is the situation that this that caused this meeting to come into play? Because from the moment he starts asking questions, she should be like, nothing you're asking makes any sense because he's just he's not asking expert questions. He's like, what's this thing hey what's that what's that do where's what's where's that from but eventually he asks her where he asks her where some kind of ads is from and she's like oh that's from uh oh that's from the daily mail those are the ads there <laughs> no, it's a-d-z-e <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I'm referencing obscure types of weapons. It's it's a, it's a hook weapon. It's a big old metal hooky. You could also call it a crowbill, I guess. Yeah, sure. But uh, anyway, she he asks her where it's from. She says some African country, and he's like, nah, that's Wakandan. Yeah, you, you took it from there, but it's from Wakanda. Yeah. And then at that point, she's like, oh, well, uh, I'm going to call security because you're, you're, you seem awfully oh, yeah. He was like, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. She's like, I'm calling security. And he's like, I poisoned your coffee. <laughs> oh, man. So angry about everything going around, but you don't even care what's going in your body. You're dead. Goodbye. Yeah. So she dies, and then Claw comes walking in and starts killing people, and this is great. Andy Serkis in this movie is so great. I love Claw as a villain because he is one of those villains that's just on board with what is happening 100% all of the time. He is super cheerful. He does not have a dark secret or an agenda or anything. He is unflappable and is just like, hey man, look, I killed everyone else, but you, you security guard, you can go free. It's fine. Go it's run good. along. <laughs> yeah. And the guy goes running and he shoots him in the back. And even... 
even fucking uh, Michael B. Jordan, Killmonger, is like, dude, why, why didn't you just kill him? He's like, oh, I want to spread the crime scene out. Make it look like amateurs. Anyway, <laughs> he's, he's so nice with the answer. He's not even like, you beginner, we have to make it look like amateurs did this. And Instead, he's like, oh, I like doing that. Great sandwiches. I'm not sure he did with his Australian accent, when he clearly is doing an amazing Joe Berg accent. Yeah, he is He is very South African. He is not fucking Monterey Jack. Jeez. Bye, Brady. Why'd you kill him way over there? Well, Zippa, <laughs> let me tell ya. <laughs> no, he's, he's doing a, a near-perfect Joburg accent. Yeah. Also, he's cheerfully only got one arm because Ultron took it off a few years ago. But it's been replaced by a big plastic arm that is fully functional as a regular hand, but also can turn into a sonic blaster. Yeah. Oh, dude, he's so great in this movie. So they steal a bunch of stuff from the, bu- from the building. Basically, just that chunk of vibranium, because that's all they really cared about. Yeah, that, and, and that then, weapon had a vibranium head to it and then a random mask and a mask and a mask. he's feeling it <laughs> he's feeling it which is awesome yeah so he the two of them run to this van uh he uh killmonger immediately starts making out with his girlfriend and even even that claw comes into the, the van and the two of them are making out he's like ha awesome and he just turns around again yeah, he's like i love it great <laughs> i love everything about it <laughs> i'm on board no matter what he is just happy <laughs> he's happy to be here <laughs> he's a great villain <laughs> Uh, and then they escape. So it turns out that Claw is planning to sell that chunk of vibranium to the CIA. To or- the CIA, or the highest bidder who turned out to be the CIA or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and so they're going to do it at some super secret, ultra luxurious underground South- casino. Yeah, South Korean casino. But uh, news has spread to Wakanda, and so a mission will be planned. Indeed. So uh, they're going to go try and get Claw. Yeah, which is our great chance to, uh, well, first of all, we get to to see the awesome scene of Shuri outfitting uh, T'Challa with his new equipment. Oh, yeah. In just an amazing Q talking to Bond scene, which is made amazing because Shuri is so great. Yeah, it's like if Q had a great personality. (laughs) Exactly. I I mean, when he was John Cleese, he absolutely did. Yeah. But but otherwise, uh, this is just phenomenal. She, She makes him some shoes that don't make any noise yeah <laughs> and and then a couple of new necklaces that are the various uh black panther outfits where the entire outfit fits in the necklace yeah so that way it's like you don't have to like take the helmet off or anything yeah it's just part of what you are wearing mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> also uh, introduces one of the most important technological gimmicks in the film which is that modern day black panther suits store kinetic energy would kicked or punched or shot at and then can release it in bursts yeah so because vibranium can just absorb uh any vibrations or anything that happens she's essentially turned that into a vibration storage unit for kinetic energy yeah so the point where it's like great you can do that and then just make a big explosion but the scene's awesome because she tricks him with it yeah and, and gets him to kick it twice which flips him over while she films it so it's fantastic she's she's a great character sure he is great yeah and he tells her that when she asks who's going on the mission with you he's like oh i'm taking nakia and okoye and, he, and she's like oh and he's like also you're gonna be here as my uh support staff and she's like yes <laughs> which is so good so you know they raid this casino uh dressed in their finery including okoye having to wear a wig which is adorable <laughs> just, just like oh this is the worst <laughs> having hair is stupid is dumb and i hate it and they get in there and things go south and they the everett k ross or martin freeman is in there yeah he's um, the one who's gonna be the buyer and he has a briefcase full of diamonds apparently that they're gonna trade for that vibranium yeah for the vibranium chunk that claws hiding in his underwear <laughs> we also get a really awesome bit of business about how claw is definitely working on an album and trying to get martin freeman to take the soundcloud link oh yeah because 
Freeman's like makes an offhand joke about getting Claw's mixtape, and he's like, "Oh no, actually, I've got a SoundCloud link. Let me send it to you." And he's like, "No, I don't care." <laughs> Love that because it's a reference to Claw's backstory in the comics. Yeah, it's so good, it's so well thought and out. It's again one of those moments where Claw unflappably on board with everything. Oh yeah, the moment he's like, "You seem to be traveling with a huge posse. When's your mixtape dropping?" And he was like, "Oh, actually, in about a month. Uh, do we have the SoundCloud link? Let's get him the SoundCloud link." <laughs> Like, oh, that's awesome because he's he's a sound villain. Most it's no, good. Normally, Claw's whole power set is ridiculous. He is a man with an arm cannon made out of sound who is a foil to the Black Panther because because a sound doesn't work on the vibranium suit. Yeah, and and he's like really important to the original Secret Wars. Yeah, very strange. <laughs> yeah, very strange shit. Bizarrely minor character with a hilarious backstory. So well adapted. Anyway, it all fucks into a fight, and everyone's fighting everyone. It's yeah. a really cool swoopy one camera shot oh yeah some amazing work on there uh it leads into one of the better car chase scenes that i've seen especially with okoye has some serious amazing moments both in the fight in the casino and in there i know you wanted to talk about the colors here in the casino fight scene as well oh yeah well the you know you may have seen this but uh kugler himself had a little video of explaining the fight scene and how he did stuff and just uh the united african flag is black red and green and so black panther okoye and nakia are in black red and green Mm -hmm. and then the color blue is sort of representing colonizers Mm -hmm. so claw is in a blue vest in here but also later on in the movie uh martin freeman is going to be with them in wakanda and they have to like flee and they're all in various like uh blankets running away and he's the one who gets the blue one yeah and the one tribe that's represented with the color blue is the one that wants to go out into the world and fuck shit up yeah the war dogs are the ones who are like oh we want to go out and like actually expand wakanda and they're the ones who are in blue it's so yeah but then this car scene the scene where okoye gets pissed off about how they, they're wasting their time shooting bullets with their vibranium car and so she climbs out on the roof and stops their car with a spear like chucks a spear through their windshield it lands in the ground in front of them and then because it's vibranium they can't drive through it so it just smashes the car I'm like yeah. this is fucking amazing it's super cool i mean granted it wouldn't work that way because the ground there wasn't made of vibranium they just push over a chunk of concrete but it was still unbelievably cool so good and then finally claw gets pissed off at them and shoots their car with an arm cannon yeah and the <laughs> the sound from it while it doesn't destroy the vibranium just sort of breaks it into its component pieces yeah so the whole car comes apart and you get okoye doing this amazing spear of flying door and use it as a sled moment yeah followed by nakia doing that skate in on the seat part left over from the car yeah it's just oh it's so good everything in this oh real the, good. the scene where the scene where panther grabs the grabs a car spears the ground and uses his hand as a anchor point for a hard bootleg turn yes it's just amazing it's a, it's a no, really good car chase it is an amazing car chase scene. i was watching that the red letter media review of this and they called it a pointless car chase because those two guys hate fun and good times yeah and uh it's not pointless because it's fucking rad oh yeah it is it's the point where you get to really show off uh especially for okoye and nikia what they can do outside of just being next to the black panther hell it's specifically not pointless because it sets up shuri's ability to uh drive cars remotely via that sand yeah. display system they have because the black panther's on a car he's not driving 
launching it. He's sitting on top, and she's driving it back from back in Wakanda. Yeah, he just throws a little device onto the car that then allows remote control of it. Yeah, so we set up that she can do that because that's essential to the end of the film. Yes. So anyway, they eventually catch Claw. Indeed. Mm-hmm. And they don't kill him on sight because there's a bunch of onlookers. Instead, they lock him up, and uh, because- Agent Everett's like, oh, I, I gotta ask him some questions first. Yeah, and T'Challa's like, all right, all right, diplomacy, fine. But it's, it's amusing to me how little of a shit T'Challa really gives about Everett. He's just like, yeah, fine, you can talk to him for a few minutes, and then we're taking him to Wakanda. And they're like, no, that's not how custody exchanges work. Yeah, I don't care about that, though. Yeah, no, but, he's, he's, but I am, though. But he, we are, though. He is coming to Wakanda. <laughs> I don't think you understand. I'm letting you ask some questions, and then we're taking him. At best, I am bemused right now. <laughs> I, I am going to allow it because you're a decent fellow. Yeah. And it, that's about it. Yeah. Anyway, Ross asks him some questions, but... <laughs> fucking Andy Circus at the top of his lungs in his awesome South Africa accent is singing What is Love. <laughs> anyway, he doesn't get much out of him other than him revealing that Wakanda is actually a super advanced hyper nation, which Ross didn't know. Yep. No one knows. Only only Claw knows. Yeah. Uh, and then Killmonger breaks him out. Yep. And Killmonger's breakout's amazing because he breaks a wall, throw, starts throwing grenades in there, and nearly kills everybody. Yeah. We get a great, you know, uh, Black Panther jumping on a grenade because he's like, oh, I'm in a vibration suit great that'll contain it yeah it's just a, a nice little scene but also at the same time ross jumps in front of nakia to take a, bol- or a chunk of grenade shrapnel and he is about to die yeah and they decide that the best thing they can do with him is take him on a seven hour flight to central africa yep I, well i mean he got shot in the spine so yeah I, uh, they, and those folks the three of them have absolutely no trust in in uh you know non-wakandan medicine and why should they which fair yeah but uh you know the- last time someone had a fucked up spine they ended up i don't know creating a Doctor Strange. You don't want any more of them. <laughs> I don't know. If, wait, when was the last time someone had a fucked up spine? I think it's Rhodey. Like if you if you dig through the various Marvel characters, yeah. I, if I Rhodey think, had been taken to Wakanda, which instead. he should have been, and he does end up there. He's definitely in the in the uh, trailers for Infinity War. He is in Wakanda. Yeah, because they took. <laughs> he they put, there and he's like, you mean you could have just healed my spine? God damn it! Oh yeah, he's super pissed off at Panther. But Panther was on the other side. No wait, he was on the same side in that fight. Oh yeah, what a douche. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe that's why he's in Wakanda. Well, yeah, because it was, uh, you know, this is, this is, now he's king, so he gets to kind of decide what to yeah, do. Yeah, that's true. I mean, ultimately, when you watch that, that Civil War, or, yeah, uh, Infinity War shot, it's every black superhero they've ever had, plus a few others that are hanging around in Wakanda, because I'm sure that they really, really wanted to have some of those conversations take place, and, yeah, so, I mean, if they want to put Falcon and, and Rhodey in Wakanda, I am 100% for it. Yes. Uh, anyway, they, they, uh, they take Everett back to, uh, Shuri to have her fix him up because she's every kind of doctor but what we also see is the ring that killmonger has as sort of a necklace Mm -hmm. is the ring that his dad was wearing because his dad was uh the i can't remember the actual name of him but the the prince of wakanda i want to say i know it but if i'm wrong it's i I mean i think it was najobu but i really don't want to be wrong (laughs) with a name like that because it's like because it'll sound like i'm making something up lol but i think it's i'm not i just but don't take my word on that i think that's right yeah Um, so he's got that ring and of course uh t'challa is like whoa whoa why the fuck does that random dude have a wakanda royalty ring yeah this is important because it sets up what might be the only bad part of the film yeah they uh (laughs) 
when they get back with fucking Everett to fix his spine, mm-hmm. Wakabi is just like, man, you fucking, you failed. Your your dad didn't catch Claw for 30 years, and I thought you would be different. And he's like, motherfucker, it is my third day on the job. I yeah. don't know what's going this on This whole here. scene is, this is a traditional and standard idiot plot moment. Because what happens is they're getting Ross all squared away with his spine or whatever, and then Wakabi shows up, and they don't want Wakabi to know that they brought some white dude into Wakanda. So just Black Panther goes to talk to him. And the two of them have a quick conversation what john says happens exactly he says like you didn't bring back claw your father failed for 30 years and now you failed and i feel like you're just a total failure what the hell and black panther says he slipped through our fingers yeah which is not the right thing to say (laughs) which is also not i mean technically accurate but if you go dude we actually did catch him and then he was broken out by a dude that probably knows about wakanda because he had a fucking wakandan ring if they all you needed to say here was he was taken from custody we had him in custody he was kidnapped from us by dangerous mercenaries who threw a grenade at your lover yeah we i made a decision to save lives instead of instead of uh, bring back claw so either i could have jumped on the grenade he threw so it didn't kill okoye or i could have gone and caught the dude so yeah i made the choice where your wife's still alive uh fuck you you're welcome you're what can i say except you're welcome yeah but instead he just says he slipped through our fingers i am king quit asking me questions yeah which is a traditional idiot plot and it's a traditional marvel idiot plot particularly where the reason that they don't answer the actual question is because they outrank the person asking just uh, an ounce of prevention buddy (laughs) (laughs) anyway wakabi's super pissed about this so he goes back to his his farm village to brood and wouldn't you know it claw shows up uh, dead in a bag well yeah dragged by killmonger we have a a scene before that where yeah. Killmonger's like, uh, hey, uh, we're gonna go to Wakanda. And Claw's like, um, no, 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 we're not. So so he kills all of Claw's dudes, and then Claw responds by grabbing uh, his uh, Killmonger's girlfriend and holding a gun to her head. And Claw, er, Killmonger, just kills her immediately. Yeah, just, he's just like, eh, eh bam, pow. And then, and then probably also kills Claw. John has a theory that he didn't... I I have a theory because we never see him actually shoot Claw and when he drops the body off all we see is his head from a bag and I'm like okay but I mean I would see I would 100% love for Claw to be alive still and I've seen a lot of discussion on the internet about it people saying that oh no it was the right time for him to die because what are you going to do with him now his story's over I will tell you what you're going to do with him now there's going to come a day when you need to make an Avengers movie that has like 15 old ex-villains in it all standing there and be like we're the legion of masters of doom evil and the more of them you can keep around even if they don't have to have super important arcs for that scene the better oh yeah well that's the problem with movies being like oh our villain is done and now he is dead i'm like you don't you don't have have to to kill every single villain yeah i mean think about who's left at this point it's baron zemo justin hammer and abomination still kicking around and vulture if you want to count sony movies yeah it's there's just not enough of them there's not even enough to start up a thunderbolts no i mean that's I'm very glad that uh, Vulture survived Mm -hmm. because... Don't kill Spider-Man villains. Spider-Man villains should not be killed in the same way that, like... Batman villains shouldn't. Batman villains shouldn't, and they always end up dead anyway, and I'm like, fucking stop it. Yeah, because the best thing about Batman and Spider-Man, and I also throw the Flash in this pile, isn't them, it's their villains... Oh, yeah, the rogues gallery is all that matters about them. Yeah, and so the best thing you can do with them is that scene where the the almost got him scene from Batman is one of my favorite moments in any Batman Batman walking through Arkham and just having all of the various villains that are there. But the almost got him scene where it's just like the Penguin and the Joker and Killer Croc and a few other villains are all sitting around going like, well, I almost got him once. I hit him with an acid pie. And then, you know, like uh, Killer Croc's like, I threw a big rock at him. (laughs) 
It was a really big rock. It's like, that's the kind of thing you can't do if every time you introduce a villain, you kill them by the end of the film. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, Claw's probably dead, but who knows? We can just hope, because Andy Serkis... I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hope it. that they took his body and were doing something, and then he turns into sound somehow. Uh, the one thing about him is, even if they kill off Andy Serkis' Claw, he is de facto mocap man. He'll show up when they need, like, a Fin Fang Foom or a Bi Beast or something. He'll be back. Yeah. You can't keep a good Andy Serkis down. Yeah, I know. I just want him to be able to do mocap for Claw when Claw is sound <laughs> me too me too maybe thanos will just be like hey a dead guy you know in uh central africa would be really useful to my cause i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and use i don't know the reality stone or something and be like man you're the, sound guy now probably the soul stone right because at this point it seems pretty likely that thanos just starts with it yeah there's it's possible there's no movies left between now and infinity war so unless the, the only other thing i was thinking of is that the soul stone is what the heart-shaped herb grows because of it would make sense because wakanda it takes you on a weird soul journey when you take it yeah and wakanda appears to be one of the places where they're being invaded yeah so if he's going after the soul stone which is in that meteor that would make sense although kugler like made a specific point of saying no the soul stone's not in my movie it's oh, not yeah. it's this, not in my this plans movie does not have anything to do with the infinity war there is no mention of it not in the post credits scene mid credit scene nothing they are not going to be like oh yeah we're turning this black panther movie into also shilling for the next movie it's not infinity war part zero yeah uh so i don't know plus purple's the wrong color for the the uh the soul stone it should be orange i mean based on not not based on the comics but based on what's going on what's in the movie left so far yeah because purple's already out there it's the power gem yeah all right so anyway um we gotta put we gotta push this along we're we're oh wait. i know so okay let's go uh so killmonger shows up and with claw and his big plan is i'm gonna be king now because technically i have royal blood so i can challenge t'challa for the throne which he does so and this is the biggest idiot pot, plot part two because he comes in and he's like hey guys i i killed claw and so wakabi there's on my side because i killed claw and panther doesn't just go oh wakabi this is the dude who kidnapped claw from us yeah we he, had him and then this dude tried to kill us and then stole him yeah so he tried to kill your wife pretty good good and then stole him away so any credit you're giving him right now for killing claw is really more like he made an assault on your king and your wife and then also killed claw yeah so you know go ahead and go ahead and factor that into your calculations just so you know yeah just just so you know but no never mentions it never gets brought up no he just immediately defects which only makes sense if he was looking for an excuse to defect which i think he was yeah i mean wakabe could have used a little bit more screen time of just figuring out that he does want to actually do the plan that Killmonger has, which is basically global terrorism to... It, it, it's upright. He's trying to... Yeah, he's trying to create a black diaspora. Yeah. Well, I mean, there has been one. He's just trying to do an uprising. Yeah, he's trying to create a black diaspora with AR-15s. Yeah. Or rather, spears that can blow up tanks. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Uh, okay, so Wakabe, by the way, is... I, I don't know. He, uh, there's so many characters in this movie that are huge standouts, and he's almost... He's, like, maybe my least favorite, because his big scenes of, like, thinking about, am I going to betray my king or not are all met with a sort of bored half smile that you that looks like he's farting in a pool yeah he doesn't get a lot of emotional stuff and the thing is his like after this when uh you know killmonger becomes the new king and becomes a black panther and has a suit and the heart-shaped urban whatever there's a point where t'challa comes back after they think he's dead and they're like okay and and now we're gonna have the actual fight because the fight for who's the king didn't end yeah and he's like nah man go attack that guy and wakabe doesn't question it at all he's just like yeah fuck it civil war sounds good let's do it well yeah he just sort of it just sort of lingers on his face for five seconds but there's no he's there's just no sort of tension like, there's yeah. no thinking about it he's just like eh. uh 
okay. Yeah, fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Civil War. Yeah, fine. Sure. Yeah. Let's do that. It, it just, it, I don't know. Uh, anyway, that is what happens. Claw, uh, or uh, Killmonger shows up, is like, hey, bitches, I am technically royalty, and I, cl- and I claim challenge for the throne. And then they fight, and he wins. Yeah. And he throws uh, the depowered Black Panther off a waterfall, and he disappears. Yes, indeed. So, uh, you know, the family tries to escape, so uh, Koye stays behind, but... Yeah, because she's lo- loyal to the throne the of Wakanda. The throne, rather than T'Challa. Yeah. But everyone else, like uh, Angela Bassett uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Shuri and Nakia all escape, and they take Everett Ross with them, which Lord knows they need to. Yeah, and they head out to Jabari land. Mm-hmm. And then they meet with... Uh, <laughs> I love Jabari Land. Oh, That's it's a super great cool. place. Oh my god, it looks so good. It's it is an awesome like embedded into the mountain area. Yeah, with crazy giant vibranium gorilla statues and I don't think that's vibranium. You think it's I just think that's mountain? just stone. <laughs> it could be. It looks like they don't have access to vibranium technology. That was one of my big questions was do the Jabari also have vibranium and they are super technologically advanced because by all accounts when we see them they don't appear to be? I think they do. I think their clubs are laced with it and stuff like that. I, I think they just use it in less ways yeah i mean it's it's not important to the plot that they do or don't but it was just a question i had i was like huh are they are they in on this whole thing or are they just completely separate uh, it's i all i want to say is that their architecture is gorgeous oh yeah so he ta- he takes an audience with them they offer him a single stolen heart-shaped herb the last one because yeah. wisely killmonger burned all the ones after he ate them yeah um he doesn't care who's king next no, he's like, no, fuck it. No one will be able to challenge me. There's no more of this. I will be superpower guy. No one else gets to yeah, be. But, but Nakia manages to steal a single one. They offer it to M'Baku because he was a pretty credible challenger to the throne last time. And he's like, huh, all right, well, I'm not taking it because I actually have the still alive Black Panther in another room. But the conversation they have is phenomenal because Ross keeps trying to talk to him. Yeah, and when he's <laughs> like, look, you are going to shut the fuck up. Look, colonizer. <laughs> or we will eat you. But the part where he's barking at him he's like hi i'm ever <laughs> we're gonna eat you i will feed your your flesh to my children ah, i'm just kidding we're vegetarian it's so good <laughs> he is so good in that role uh it turns out that they're doing the whole keeping black panther on ice in a coma yeah literally on ice yeah uh but they feed him heart heart-shaped herb and bury him in snow and he has a second vision with his dad also i gotta say the vision that fucking killmonger has is oh. amazing oh it is so messed up because First of all killmonger is still a child in his vision well, yeah, instead of going to this beautiful savanna like T'Challa did, he goes back to the apartment from when he was a kid in Oakland. Yeah. And you still have that purple sky, mm-hmm. but it's it's outside, whereas he is inside this yeah. building. And he's still a child, showing that he is not ready to be the king and all. The, the symbolism in, in, in Killmonger's vision is perfect. Oh, yeah. And when he does turn back into an adult, he goes from a kid that can't show emotion into an adult that is crying. And you're like, man, this whole thing's amazing. Yeah. His dad trying to sort of talk him out of oh, doing yeah. what he's going to like, do. His ghost dad is like, oh, no, I, my plan already failed. What you're doing right now is insane. This is my fault. I I thought I, I thought I failed myself, but it turns out I failed everyone because of you. Yeah, I fucked up, and I'm sorry. Please don't fuck up in my stead. And here's the thing. What he's specifically saying is, I did not correctly prepare you for my death. Yes. Which is a direct connection to the first vision quest, and it could not be smarter. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, then we get the second uh, Black panther vision quest where his father's like it's time for you to come and be dead and black panther challenges his father instead he's like no this is your fault if you had come home and said i killed my own brother because he tried to kill a person if you had brought the child and woman with you instead of just killing your brother and leaving
leaving them in Oakland. And then and then swearing Zuri to secrecy. Yeah. Who, by the way, he's dead now, because oh, yeah. uh, in the big fight between uh, Black Panther and, and Killmonger, he just goes like, oh, I'm also going to kill you, Uncle James, and just spears him. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. But, uh, so he challenges his father. He's like, father, you failed. You, you failed Wakanda by keeping secrets for no reason. Yeah. You fucked up, and... I'm going to go fix it. I'm going to do this. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he goes... We go- get our, our final co- climactic fight between the two Black Panthers as well as... Oh, there's everyone's running around doing everything. A civil war happening where, like... The Dora Milaje are fighting... Milaje and the... Uh, whatever the, the blue tribe was. The, that's the blue ones. Yeah, uh, Wakabi's tribe. Yeah. And then they're all fighting, and uh, Everett Ross is, is using Zer- Shuri's cool technology to fly a, a uh, hover ship to shoot down uh, drones full of weapons that are flying out to various people. Yep. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Uh, they get Nakia into a Dora Milaje outfit even though she's not one and she starts fighting with rad energy rings oh yeah she's got like energy chakram and fucking shuri has like panther blasters and it's she looks like a thundercat it's so good i'm like (laughs) yes yes use your weird thundercat technology it's sad that it only gets to knock out two random scrubs and then just completely fail to work on the on the uh killmonger black panther suit but she looks so great oh yeah and uh yeah so she's running around with like the sort of guns that panthro would use And and uh, meanwhile, the two Black Panthers are having a rad fight. Oh, and we also get to watch Okoye lead a group of Dora Milaje in a four women versus Black Panther fight that's awesome. Yep. Because they fight as like a cool team and they keep setting each other up for jump attacks and stuff. Oh, yeah. The... the all of the fight choreography here, very well done. Yeah. And then even featuring an 11th hour return of the Jabari tribe to show up to start fucking shit up too. Yep. <laughs> Which is straight up a um, M'Baku play to be better off. Because at first, uh, Black Panther was like, hey, M'Baku, please send your tri- tribe to help us. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I, I'm not. I, I have saved your life because you saved my life. We're even. I am not going to endanger my people, though, for you. But because he shows up at the 11th hour like this of his own accord, and not because it was a command from the from uh, the king of Wakanda. He is basically buying favor to get himself a seat on the council. Yeah, and, and they, sure enough, in the in last the scene, scene, we we see when they show like, oh, T'Challa's coming back in, and it opens the doors to that council room. There's Mbaku just being like, yeah, I'm also here now. Yeah, no, he did this. He played this exactly right. Yeah, I, well, I mean, the Jabari were separate from the rest of the Wakandans for so long that you're like, oh, now they get to be like part of the fold. Yeah. And there's a fight where various train energies, literally energy that powers maglev trains in a huge vibranium mine, is strong enough to weaken the Black Panther suits so that the two Black Panther suits from, you know, Killmonger and, and uh, T'Challa aren't just harmlessly wailing away on each other. Yeah, because otherwise you'd be like, all right, Black Panther punches a different Black Panther and it does nothing and then this continues yeah. like that. So it ends up with Killmonger getting stabbed with his with his own sword through a hole in his, in his armor. Yep. And then he has an amazing final speech because T'Challa shows enough mercy to get him up to watch a sunset because that was the whole thing where his dad kept telling him how sunsets in Wakanda were the most beautiful thing ever and so he gets him up there and he's looking and he's like wow that is the most beautiful sunset ever and T'Challa's like you know we could probably save your life and he's like nah man I, I don't want to spend the rest of my life in prison bury me in the water where the escaped slaves died because they knew like I do that it's better to be dead than in bondage and I was like fuck that is a killer final line like to <laughs> As the last thing for your villain to be like, oh no, the... 
the hero showed mercy on me and it's not the final line where the villain goes oh i finally see that i was wrong or oh i fucked up or whatever he is straight up like no i'm still correct you go fuck yourself yeah wakanda should have been out there for our brothers and sisters yeah you're still failing and the thing is he ultimately wins at the end of this movie not in the way he wanted to which was to burn it all down but in the way of getting wakanda to you know accept global responsibility wakanda finally comes out of hiding and is like yo everybody it's time to uh actually do what we should yeah i've seen a lot of people basically making the sense that the claim that uh killmonger is like the first marvel villain you agree with which i'm not sure i actually do because i feel like his method is is incorrect like ultimately it's hard to forget that in the middle of this movie without a blink he kills his own girlfriend oh yeah i mean he is definitely a very psychologically fucked up he is a murderer there is no getting around it yeah i mean that's his whole thing is he's like oh i've got uh every time i've killed someone he has one of these he does scar ritual scarifications scarifications, and it's his entire body is covered in that shit yeah he has thousands of confirmed kills because he's been like a a military dude for his whole life uh but yeah there's a lot of people like oh he's definitely the good guy i'm like no he has he's fundamentally correct that wakanda can't stay in the shadows forever and and needs to come out and has a responsibility to the rest of 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 humanity uh but ultimately he is a psycho murderer oh yeah but it's (laughs) no getting around it i mean it's very true to being like yeah this is the reaction of someone that has felt that they have been left behind and oppressed and so it's not so much like oh killmonger is right it's killmonger's emotions are correct his methods are not yeah that's fair enough but his death is perfect it's very well done yeah uh and then you know we end with everyone in wakanda happy because they won the big thing and mbaku gets a seat on the council and and, uh uh, t'challa is managing to convince nakia to not run around in the rest of africa being a mercenary but instead stay here because he's going to open the borders and and uh, take in refugees and and, and yeah, send out aid because her whole thing was i don't want to just stay safe in wakanda i want to help people yeah and he's and like well fine fuck it then we'll do it we'll open it up uh and then we get two post-credit scenes one of them is t'challa finishing his father's speech from the the beginning of civil war yeah uh which is awesome I mean, it's it's pretty much just the exact same speech T'Chaka was about to give, and it ends with some smug asshole being like, no offense to you, uh, the king of Wakanda, but what the hell does a nation of farmers have to offer to anybody? To me, I was like, how big is Wakanda? Because the answer's food, motherfucker. <laughs> I, th- I thought a lot of people were running low on that. Yeah, I mean, a nation of farmers can probably offer some food. Food? Textiles? Chemicals? All kinds of cool shit. What do you, Did you forget that you eat food from farms? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, instead of you know him you know correctly pointing out that farmers are really important he just smiles smugly because he's like well we have vibranium technology duh. well because we're the most advanced people on the planet yeah <laughs> which i, I still just kind of wish he'd been like look we are the most advanced people on the planet and what we're going to provide you with is hover technology and crazy shit like that but let's be real here don't be fucking mean to farmers <laughs> jesus christ come on man did you eat breakfast this morning it was made of food <laughs> Well, joke's on you. I did eat breakfast, but it was made of not food. I had Soylent. I have Soylent for every meal because I'm one of those weirdos. I'm one of those guys. (laughs) Uh, How many meals a day can I replace with Soylent? Is it three and then have a pizza? Sweet. I'm healthy. <laughs> so healthy. And then our second post credit scene, which is the return of Bucky. Yay. Bucky is sleeping in a little beautiful uh, Wakandan village where, where small children are calling him the name of one of uh, Black Panther's allies. White Tiger is a black, or sorry, White Wolf, which is what they call him, yeah. is a Black Panther comics character. Ah. Uh, he's, I, I don't remember if he's a brother, but he's somehow related and he is the leader of the, I'm not going to say that, it's a, the Zorazut Malaje or something like that, which is another military arm. Okay. He's an, he's a 
sometimes ally, sometimes enemy type. Uh-huh. I don't think they're trying to turn him into that. I think it's just a reference to the character. Because they're like, we have no plans to use that, yeah. so we may as well throw that in as an Easter egg. I mean, we were talking about this earlier, but we, I think John and I have already determined who is the best possible villain for Black Panther 2. And it's not Manape, m- even though M'Baku's around and he's still pretty, you know, uh, pl- plotty. No, we think M'Baku's right where he needs to be. The best villain ever for Black Panther 2, Doctor Doom. Oh, Doctor Doom needs to show up, because now they have the rights to him, and it's like, let's have one technologically advanced nation versus another, but it's sort of let various the evil mirror universe Wakanda, where it's like, oh yeah, we uh, we took our technological advanced nonsense, and I use it to become a ridiculous dictator, and uh, all my people are forced into wearing lederhosen for some reason. Yeah, we, we I treat everyone like ass, but I've raised a huge army of Doombots built by my, my uh, random civilization slaves who sing my praises in their songs each day. Also, I toot as I please. <laughs> Doom toots as he pleases. And he pleases as he toots. Uh, I mean, think about how great that was. Because also, that would really open it up for all of these amazing new characters that this this movie gave us. You know, and Shuri and Nakia and Okoye and, and M'Baku. All those characters would still have something to do because Doctor Doom's not just one villain. Oh, no. He's a <laughs> wizard that's also a super genius that also runs a country as a dictator. That I'm like, okay, so you've got an, another evil king for uh, a straight up like villain fight for mm-hmm. Black Panther but you also have crazy super tech for Shuri to deal with you've got a whole bunch of doom bots and whatever for like the Jabari and uh, whatever like, Wakabi's tribe Wakabi doing yeah so you've got things that everyone there could fight against yeah. and it would be amazing yeah screw having him be the random enemy to the boring Fantastic Four the Fantastic Four are proven failures drop them like hot rocks but bring Doctor Doom in as a Black Panther villain yeah do it do it it's the best idea it's the only idea (laughs) you could could give doom one throwaway line where he's like after i'm done with you i will begin my campaign against richards who who don't worry about Uh, it (laughs) you never heard of him he's underground actually i'm hipster dr doom actually i killed him 20 years ago don't worry about it we're just not going to bring him up So there you have it. So uh, there you go. That's that's the movie. There it is. So uh, what we are going to do is go ahead and give our best and worst. Jeff, give me the best thing in this movie. Man, don't make me do that. I don't know what the best thing in this movie is. What is, what is the single scene that you liked the best in this? Uh, Shuri giving Nakia equipment and then running out and shooting people with her panther hands. Okay, so that's fair. Basically every Shuri scene is my favorite scene in this movie because she is the greatest introduction to Marvel in forever. Oh yeah. So, uh, so definitely, probably the scene where she gets to beat ass with her cool glovey things but then the scene where she's queuing out uh, Black Panther with gizmos is is so far and away a highlight in this film for me okay so just Shuri what about you uh God, I really am torn. <laughs> I was going to wa- say Okoye. <laughs> I mean, Okoye, as I said, god damn. So good. God damn. <laughs> but I think I think I want to say my favorite is when they go to uh, essentially be supplicants to the Mbaku, Jabari tribe, yeah. And that entire scene from like when they meet him back to getting T'Challa is so well done and gives you so much character work for M'Baku in such a little amount of time that I'm like, I thought this was so goddamn well I mean, we didn't even talk about the part where once they've got Black Panther up and standing again and he's in there talking to them and like, don't worry, we will defeat them. And they're all talking, oh, we're going to work together and defeat them and so on. And then it cuts to M'Baku who's been sitting in his throne the whole time. He's just like, are you finished? (laughs) Seriously, are you finished? You've been talking for like 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, he's... So good, and I fucking love him. Uh, yeah, M'Baku, an amazing standout. The transformation of a character fr- uh, from being, I'm the great savage of Africa, the man-ape, yeah. to, to this, 
yeah. is phenomenal. It is an amazing character it, redemption from what he was. And just like with Letitia Wright, I love the actor behind uh, M'Baku, uh, Winston Duke. His lo- he's had a, a put out a blog post like yesterday about uh, how the kinetic energy that they use as the as the core theme in this film about how uh, the two main character or the two hero and the villain are both based around the idea that they can take a beating and then and then rebound it outwards. Yeah, and all of their strength is derived from from the perils that they've undertaken previously. And isn't that an amazing uh, analogy to what a movie about black power is? Yes, I was like, dude, Winston Duke, where are you coming from? This Winston, is fun. thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, go ahead and give me your least favorite thing in the movie. It's the idiot plot between Wakabi and Black Panther. The, the scene where Black there's two scenes in this movie where Black Panther could have been like, "Hey, let's diffuse this entire plot." If I if I just said more than five words, yeah, uh, it, you know, even though we're going down a long walk down a hallway, I'd rather be stoic and kingly than just you know solve the next twenty minutes. Okay, so that's that, that's it for me. It's not that I think the movie should have been solved. Like I, I like the the flow and the arc of this movie. Obviously, but really, the answer is that they needed a better transition between these. Well, two. We the needed, fact that they had to rely yeah, on that. What they needed instead was for Wakabi to be looking for an excuse to defect. Yeah, on board already without having to use that as sort of the way that he gets on board. Because we meet Wakabi before that scene, and he is completely on board with uh, with T'Challa instead. He's like, oh, you're my oldest friend. I, we're, we've been friends forever. I support you in all your endeavor, endeavors. Just, all I really want is for you to do what your dad couldn't. Like, yeah. that's... I, I'm not angry at you. I'm not yeah. we needed, really showing that I'm going to defect. Instead of the movie relying on one moment of characters not saying things when they're given the opportunity to do so, it would have been way better for Wakabi to have more of an agenda in the first place. Yeah. And that's that's my least favorite thing, and it's minor. What about you? Uh, I mean, I, I kind of want to also go with that. I mean, as I mentioned before, that moment where he decides that he's going to have his own troops attack T'Challa and then also the Dormelage, I was like, that should seem like more of a painful choice especially given that his wife his, leads the door his wife is in that yeah i'm like it just seemed like he didn't care and i don't know if that was a directorial choice if that was the actor if it was what was going on there but i was just like eh, that could have been given a little more weight i mean it would work if they basically were trying to convey that that tribe that the tribe with the blue outfits and the cool shields were super stoic and didn't show a lot of emotion yeah but he's the only member of that tribe who has a name or a line so it's not like we really are going to find that out. No. So ultimately, it feels like his actions don't have a lot of emotional weight or thought behind them, and it's just sort of a disappointment, because the actor's fine. Oh, yeah. And I mean, if he's the main character from Get Out, which was fucking amazing, so... Yeah. Uh, and there's even a hilarious scene where he's charging, uh, you know, T'Challa on a rhino, and, and then Okoya steps in front of it, but and of course the rhino's known Okoya since it was a baby rhino, so it stops and licks her. Yeah. Um, it's, and then she's like, are you going to kill me? And he's like, no, I'll surrender instead, and it's fine. So, but I love that when he's like, would you kill me? And she's like, for Wakanda... Yes. That's right. He's, yeah. Would you kill me? And she's like, for Wakanda? Unequivocally. I would kill you immediately. Yeah. I would kill you for the wak part of Wakanda. <laughs> and he's like, ah, fuck. All right. <laughs> I surrender. <laughs> So there you go. It's a. De- You're right. He was good and left in Get Out. It's just sort of an unfortunate scene. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're gonna give our ratings out of ten, one to five for or zero to five for each of us. Though I don't think the zero matters. So we're gonna get our rating of ten for both of us. Jeff, zero to five. Oh, this is a five. I mean, normally, I you all the complaining about uh, the the Wakabi stuff doesn't. It, it falls apart in comparison to how good the movie is overall. It's a minor nibble uh, or, or a, a little nibble. It's a little nibble. It's a, it's, a 
little nibble. <laughs> it's a minor nitpick that feels expanded upon because we have to talk about what our least favorite scene in the movie is to do these reviews. Yeah. I didn't really care about it all that much when I was watching the movie. The movie's <laughs> phenomenal. I, I, the only it, it was great from start to finish. I'm giving it a five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it a five as well. It was fucking amazing. Absolutely love it. Uh, one of the best... Uh, movies that I have seen in a while, definitely one of the best Marvel ones for sure. Uh, it is got a great hero, great supporting cast, great villain. Everything was well done. Uh, so yeah, 10 out of 10 fucking Black Panther can get it. <laughs> sure can. It was phenomenal. Uh, I look forward to it probably winning costuming Oscars. Probably. It's going to just do like Suicide Squad did a few years ago and win an Oscar. And, and uh, But this time I'll feel like instead of being like, well, how the fuck did this get into Oscars at all. I'll be like, this didn't get the correct or correct number of Oscars. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> oh, you now you nominated this for the safe Oscars. This should be for the good Oscars. Yup. So what it's gonna win instead is like every MTV movie award. Oh yeah, definitely. They, do they still do those? They do. Ugh. I know that they do. I've I have not watched one in probably like 15 years, but God knows I still occasionally hear about it. Yeah. When they're like, oh, best kiss. And I'm like, thanks. I'm and glad you have this as a category. And it's like always a joke. Like the best kiss is always like, oh, it's that scene where Chewbacca gets a porg near his mouth. <laughs> uh, good. Yeah. All right. So there you go. There was our review of Black Panther. And of course, we've got so much other stuff going on. We will be back in two weeks with another movie mastery. But if you want to suggest something for us to watch, you can go on to our Reddit, r slash system mastery. We've got our big list on there. You can make a suggestion, get it onto there. And, uh, at the beginning of the month, I also put up the poll for In Theaters Now. So in a couple weeks, we'll have that up, and you can vote what we will see in March. And uh, we've got all of our many, many other shows that we do. We do the System Mastery. We do the Expounded Universe. We do bonus content for both of those if you subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Yeah, if you like what we do, if you even if you only listen to this and you want to support us, go to the System Mastery Patreon. Patreon.com slash system mastery and we will accept anything you want do you want to give us a dollar we would love a dollar mm -hmm. do you want to just go over there and leave a comment that says these guys are amazing that would be great do that on itunes though because that'll help say, us more i don't know if you can leave comments on patreon like that but sure you, you can you can it just won't help <laughs> yeah so what I, what I always like telling people is go to your favorite message boards and talk about us there yeah your favorite message boards do you go to a message board for cheese aficionados mention us yeah we have a whole thing called cheese dudes that we used to do and we haven't done them forever come on come on down to cheese dudes come on down and recommend us to literally anyone you could possibly imagine well because i feel like that's the best I, I, people always say oh go on itunes and give us a five-star rating but every single podcast is doing that and most of the other podcasts have a a b-list comedian on them uh. like the vast majority of them have like karen kilgariff or paul Shear or jason manzukas or something oh well so, we essentially it's you need enough five stars to tip you over into the recommended category yeah and there are thousands of people who have thousands more than we do word of mouth is what i like i love word of mouth mm -hmm. and also spaghetti <laughs> i love spaghetti but john i'm afraid that someone may have touched your spaghetti oh no someone touch my spaghetti <laughs> Guys, this has been memes. This has been meme mastery. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back in two weeks with more movie mastery. But until then, you have a good one. <laughs>